Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Modern Relationships Podcast. I'm Alan Wagner. I'm Ronnie Henry. And uh, we're hoping you guys are enjoying these episodes. So for today's episode, we wanted to get into finances a little bit. And I know it's something that comes up with couples a lot. And I know it's something that I've seen because I think there's different jobs that pay different things. And because of that, there'll be people who are making well over six figures and there will be people who are making well under six figures. And I don't think necessarily it's fair that like a baseball player makes $20 million, um, a teacher makes, let's say $50,000 or, (laughs) you know, whatever. We all have different salaries. But it doesn't necessarily make us better or worse than other people. I mean, there are lawyers that are making half a million dollars. There are people who are making millions of dollars in real estate. And so when you're dating someone, and I guess, well, I guess the question that I would want to bring up is, does it matter? You know, like, is it something that if you had a lot of money, you know, is it easier to date somebody else that has a lot of money? Or is it okay to date somebody who has less money? And if you do date someone that has less money, you know, is there ways you have to sort of adapt to that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like you you said it perfect a few podcasts um episodes ago that you were saying, you know, there could be like the difference in income, but it matters like if you're both bringing that same percentage. So mm-hmm. like if my percentage is X amount, but your percentage is only this amount, but we're both bringing that same percentage. I think that's when it matters because, you know, obviously some people make different um salaries and you can't always expect people to spend the way you spend so i definitely think um you know as long as they're like spending within a certain percentage that they feel comfortable with that's like okay yeah i mean i think like in in long-term relationships i think when people are merging finances it's a good way to sort of look at it in a marriage you know if 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 somebody's making if we look at it as a hundred dollar bill and someone's making a hundred dollars and someone's making forty dollars and the percentages should you know towards expenses and stuff should be relatively the same but when you're actually dating i've seen situations where you know people go to nice places and the other person maybe isn't used to going to those places. They feel really uncomfortable, you know, or they feel beholden, you know, because this person is dropping $500 on dinner. And then at the same time, it's sort of like, I've seen situations where a person has the money and they're dropping $500 on dinner or, you know, $30,000 on a trip or something like that. And then there's a sense of entitlement they have because they're spending all of this money. You know, it's like, well, yeah. I'm for this and I'm paying for that. And it becomes a scorekeeping issue. 
And so I do know sometimes that there can be a discomfort for people who have less money sometimes in that world. But also at the same time, you know, I, I can understand there can be resentment, you know, for people. And even though it's their own fault, because they're choosing to pay all that money on stuff, it's not like the other person is forcing them into it. They start to tabulate, you know, how much they're spending on their relationship and what this person mm -hmm. owes them. You know, I've spent, you know, in the last year, $50,000 on you, or I spent $100,000 on you. And so I do see sometimes that that could be problematic, which is why sometimes you'll see like successful people only dating other successful people in these matchmaker situations because they don't want to deal with that. And they don't want to, you know, have a problem where if they feel uncomfortable, if they're going to get on a private jet or something and the other person's never been on a private jet and freaks out about it. And mm -hmm. again, I'm not saying that I go on private jets <laughs> or anything like that, but there is a lot of, especially in California, um, and I don't know where other people are listening right now. They could be in other parts of the country or the world, but there's such a huge discrepancy here between like the really wealthy and then you've got like a lot of middle class that left and then some middle mm -hmm. class and then not. And so in dating, it's like, how do you go in the right circles and does it matter? I mean, is that something, I don't know with you and your partner, is that something that comes up? So for me, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to think, cause I know a lot of people, um, have this stigma about LA like you know when you're dating and you know probably any time you go on a date here the first five questions out of that person's mouth is like what do you do for work I feel like people here like really early on understand like how much money you're making um and kind of base their decisions off of that but I think it's really important early on to have like that conversation with your significant other or if it's a person you're dating and kind of gauge what they like to spend their money on. If it's, you know, clothes or food or vacations, because everyone spends their money differently. So whether you are making a lot or if you're not making as much, whatever you like to spend your money on can affect your relationship with that person. Because I feel like sometimes you see people spending money on something you think is a dumb purchase. Like, why would you buy that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you use your money? for this but other people spend money in different ways so I feel like with me and my boyfriend we're really kind of aligned like we could go out to a fancy dinner but it's like we don't really care to do that like we don't mind just going to the taco stand and paying three dollars for like three tacos that doesn't matter to us so I think it's really important just to be like hey what is kind of your spending habits i don't know when's the right time to ask that but i think that's an important conversation to have oh no for sure i mean but but i guess what i was going to sort of I, my curiosity i guess is you know i know that in straight relationships you have like these traditional gender roles and you know and a lot of times people try to minimize it and say that that's not the case but I've had so many female clients that if a man was to not pay for their dinner or a man was to not do certain things they wouldn't see him again period and they do expect him to take on certain roles, even though maybe that's not the politically correct feeling that people think that they do. So sometimes a man will go out and he'll split it thinking that's being respectful and he won't realize that she'll never see him again. But I wonder sometimes, you know, so I, I know most men typically, I what I, if, if they're seeing me as, as a therapist or whatever, I'll always, you know, tell them if you're asking a girl out or if you're mm -hmm. asking a person out, you're inviting them on the date and you should be paying for the date because you're inviting them to the experience. It's not like you're coming up with it together and we're just splitting it. But I guess in LGBTQ, you know, relationships, it's different. And so how does that play out as far as, you know, 
are there expectations in one person or the other that they take on that role of like sort of not protector, but like the person who sort of is the, the pair or the that type of, uh, you know, take care of role? Is that something that comes up? Yeah, so there definitely is a difference. I do feel like not every LGBTQ relationship is the same. Like some definitely do have gender roles where they're like, nope, I'm going to pay for everything for you or whatever the case is. But in most, like mine, I feel like we often split it. Like, yeah, what you were saying on our first date, I did pay for that. Even though we mutually agreed to go on a first date, I was just like, oh, I will pay for this. And I think I paid for the whole uh, day because we did a lot of activities that day. But in our relationship, a lot of the time, it's like, you know, tip for tat. Like, I'll pay for this, you pay for that. Like, what we don't really... It kind of is one of those things where it's like whoever pulls their card out first is like whoever is going to pay. Um, so we didn't really have that conversation on like, oh, you should be paying for this or I should be paying for that, which I loved because I do feel like when it comes to finances in relationships, things can get really awkward really, really fast. Oh, yeah. Um, and one, one, uh, one um, problem not problem that we had but one discussion that we did have in my relationship I remember um I think I wanted to go oh on a we were going on a trip and um my boyfriend does freelance so it's like sometimes you're making a lot of money and then sometimes if you're not like booking anything you're not making as much money which I'm like oh I totally understand yeah. and that's like one of the things where it's like you know if he moved in with me I wouldn't make him pay half and half with me because I know my half is like more than his half. I see. So I wouldn't do that. But I remember one time he was um, upset because it was like, oh, we're planning all this, this stuff to go on this trip and everything. And like, obviously prices are adding up. So in my head, I'm like, I don't think you should be stressing about money. I know a lot of people do, but I was like, oh, you know, it's fine. Like I'll cover this. I'll cover that. I'll cover that. But it made him like so mad. And I was like, oh, you don't really think of how other people interpret money and finances. And like, to me, it may not be a big deal, but to someone else, it's like, oh no, this is a problem for me. Like how you were saying, you know, people could be on a private jet while that other person is feeling like super uncomfortable. So I definitely understand. And I think it's like a conversation you should have and be something that you're willing to work through. No, exactly. I think the longer you're in a relationship with somebody, then it becomes more like, reciprocal and people aren't thinking about it it's more just in the beginning the wooing I think you want to try to make a statement sometimes by showing a person you know that you want to take care of them that you are interested in them and all of that but there is that level of discomfort and I think everybody comes from different family backgrounds on money and I know that if you come from a background where somebody gives you money it's sort of like well what's the angle on it you know what I mean like what do I owe you because in their minds they see money as transactional so if someone was to go and spend a thousand dollars on something for you then it would make you feel really uncomfortable. And, you know, maybe that's your own self-esteem that you're not worth $1,000, or maybe then you feel bad because you can't reciprocate $1,000. And now you're feeling sort of beholden to this person or in some way less than. And so I see sometimes even people who have a lot of money, if they're dating somebody, let's say of, of lesser finances, the trips they take and the restaurants they go to don't have to all be four star. They can mm -hmm. things that allow this other person to participate and feel comfortable. And it's still fun. 
you know, they don't have to necessarily make that other person in a situation where it's like, oh, shoot, now we're going to a place he picked up dinner last time and I got to pick up dinner this time. The bill's $400 and I don't have $400 because mm-hmm. a contract worker and I, I drive for Uber because <laughs> I don't have that kind of money to do. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, can you be sensitive? Like, I, like for me, I, I don't think the income of the person that you're with should matter. But I do know people, sometimes they feel more comfortable because they like to take trips to Hawaii. They like to drive nice cars. They want to, you know, go to a ski house or to do, you know, lots of things that are expensive. And, you know, a partner that can't really afford it, you know, means that they're doing it on a different type of budget or they're not doing it at all. And so I guess you have to sort of determine the life like living, you know, and the types of foods you like having. You know, if you're a person who loves lobster and the person can't afford lobster, you know, would you resent them for it or would you be fine to have shrimp? <laughs> yeah. Know? And I think... And I- think too it's all about like being resourceful and finding out a way to make things work like another example too my best friend is a flight attendant and I'm on his benefits so I'm able to fly at a super cheap rate so Uh now when it comes to terms of like thinking like oh like I want to go to Brazil it's like I could get up and fly to Brazil but my boyfriend who doesn't have those same benefits like you're I have to think of that like you have to pay the full price for this flight which is not necessarily fair so like one of the things I'd be like oh you know I could help you pay for half of your flight since I'm not really paying for a flight but you know I'm more resourceful than that so I was like I'm gonna help you get on a buddy pass too so we can get up and go wherever we want um but yeah I just think about having like those conversations and it also is a thing of dating I think we touched on this in another podcast too but like budgeting being in a relationship because now you have to think about like it's not just yourself it's two of you yep and that was like a shock not a shock to me but I guess I didn't realize like oh wow how much my spending has increased now that I'm in a relationship yeah I mean you go out more you do more things it's it, there's less Netflix there's less home time it and and not to mention exactly there's more like you said more presents between Christmas birthdays and Valentine's Day it's expensive to be in a relationship sometimes for sure mm-hmm. and I think also you know you know how much you can live on so it's like I can go and be like oh yeah I can spend this much in a week like if this is all I'm spending for the week I could be fine by myself but now you have to take into account another person that you know you don't know how much you can spend with you and them you know something that I think people should think about more too is and and this isn't this kind of touches into a little bit of a different tangent but I've seen a lot of people who have money and are really wealthy and they're in good situations but they're terrified of losing it and so it's because maybe their father or their mother or somebody frittered through the money at some point in their life and they went from upper middle class or upper class to possibly poverty. And, and so as they get to this place where they're in a financial situation where they can do a lot of things, they're scared to, you know, they're almost like just keeping savings for this and for that because they're so scared to replicate what their parents did. So I think sometimes having a conversation with a partner about their childhood and what it was like, you know, who was the breadwinner in their home? What, how did they grow up? Did they take vacations as a kid? Was it road trip vacations? Was it plane vacations? Did people celebrate with big presents or was it experiences? It gives you a good idea of sometimes why a person might seem cheap 
when they're not really like a jerk about being cheap, it's like fear-based, you know, because they're so scared they're going to lose things, even though they don't have to be because they're in a situation where they're protected financially, but it, it's sort of an echo effect from their childhood. And so I think sometimes we're looking at people face-to-face -face on like the present and we're not really understanding how they got there. So I think with the couples, you know, I always encourage these, those parallel conversations I've probably talked about in another podcast where it's like, go for a walk, you know, and don't make eye contact and let people have sort of free form where you're not talking about the logistics of life and even make one of those topics sometimes without the eye contact, one about money, because sometimes, yeah. you know, there is a reason. Sometimes even a person has been on bankrupt and they themselves have fears of money or they've been with somebody who abused them and took advantage of them for money. And now they have that same perception that everybody's after their money. And so mm. I think money is so complicated and it creates so many trust issues for people that I always encourage couples to have a good conversation about that. And look, you know, I think you can do it comfortably and I like budgeting. So even people who are of higher, you know, middle class or even upper class have a budget so that you know, okay, well, if I'm gonna spend this much at this hotel, that means that I can save money here so that I can go out to a nice dinner. And if we're gonna to go to this type of activity, which costs blank amount of money, we can save time by maybe, you know, staying again at a cheaper hotel, or we just have a, a cool dinner that's that's more ethnic and amazing, but not necessarily, you know, five-star fancy dining. So I think if you're on a budget, people feel a little less anxious, but I think, you know, I hear these stories about people on vacations and in their minds, they have one idea of what they're going to spend, but then suddenly, you know, a dinner goes above that realm, you know, or mm -hmm. gets to a, a Broadway show go above that realm. And now suddenly they're becoming anxious because the whole trip is out of whack. And so I think we all have to be adaptable as people. And I think most people are. But it's not that people are bad or cheap. You know, I think money, I know we can go into this for a long time and we'll probably do other podcasts about this in the future, Ronnie. But it is something that I think every person in a relationship needs to discuss. And whether you're married and it's about joint finances or whether you're dating and it's about, you know, how you're going to celebrate that person, whether it's at home or at a fancy restaurant or or buying them a, you know, diamond necklace or, you know, or buying them a cute little plastic spider ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is it that, you know, what is it that the long-term plan is? And sometimes a person might say to themselves, look, you know, it's the money that I want. I'm not spending the money on these things because I want us to have a house or I want to have, you know, something really spectacular in the future. And sometimes people make sacrifices in their recreational activities for practical reasons. And that is a conversation too. Do you have like a recommendation on when you should bring up finances in the relationship? I think the moment that a person starts to feel a little bit of resentment, sometimes when you're first dating someone, if you're always paying and it doesn't feel reciprocal or you start to feel taken advantage of, maybe that's a time or... I think if you're going to move in with someone for sure, at that time, you do need to talk about finances because you're about to pay all these different utilities and bills and rent and everything else. And, mm -hmm. and in those joint expenses, you do have to sort of figure out what does each person have, what's fair and what's not going to lead to resentment and what's going to make everybody feel like it's equitable. And I think so for sure, moving in, if you're going to do that. But even in the early stages of dating, I think sometimes people right off the bat start to feel imbalance on finances or the other person doesn't even pick up their wallet or, and you're at, at, you've already been dating them for a few months. So you're kind of expecting them to maybe pick up that dinner or that lunch. Cause you picked up the last 10 or, you know, or, or once in a while, like they would just plan an excursion for you or, 
And so I think maybe those are the times, you know, when you want to sort of figure it out. But I also think you can talk about act three and how they finish. And when you talk about act three and the things they look forward to, like, do they want to have houses? What, how did they grow up? And I think if a kid grew up, you know, going to country clubs with their parents, or they grew up in, you know, the certain suburbs that are very affluent in America or the world, you know, that, that that's just who they are. Maybe they went to fancy boarding schools, maybe they, so for them, it's, it's, this is just what they're used to. It's not that they're spoiled or anything. It's just, it's how they are. And if you fall in love with someone like that, then you kind of have to take everything about them, you know, and not look at them as like, you know, people who are materialistic per se, but maybe that's just how their families were. Maybe that's how they are. It makes them happy, but it doesn't change the fact that they'll still see an otter for you. It may just be, you know, not a $10 otter. It's a, it's a, it's an $80 otter they bought you. <laughs> but to them, you know, money is something that's, it's just different because they've always had it. So I think it all kind of, I think when it comes to money, it, it's interesting. It's sort of like, how did your parents grow up with you? Were they successful? Were they middle-class? Did things go bad? Was there a divorce? Did somebody's bankrupt, you know, business go bankrupt? And did financial situations change? And in those things, you can kind of get a good sense of why somebody is fearful of the loss of money or why they're always trying to grab onto it and not lose it and look for discounts. It's like, oh, this one's, it's $2 cheaper at this store. And they'll like literally get in their car and drive somewhere to get the $2 discount you know and that's how i am I, a lot of people are like that you know because it's like we don't want to we don't want to get taken we see money in a way as sort of our intelligence and if we are taken on something or overpay on something and it's like we were stupid so i i think like these are conversations to have i think with your partner about what does money mean to your self-esteem how do you see it does it how do you distribute it how do you feel about giving it away to people do you expect things back is it transactional but there's so many things that can come out of a of a topic like this. Yeah, because I'm I'm wondering too, like how, you know, if you're a generous spender in your relationship, like how do you deal with a partner that is like a penny pincher? Well, I mean, look, that's that's the thing. That's a lot of times why sometimes people do tend to match up with people of the same socioeconomic status for that reason, because you don't want to resent a person where you are feeling like they're always looking for the cheap room. They're always looking for the cheap, you know, option of something that, oh, we can save money by sitting here in the obstructed view. And, you know, for $20 more, you could be not obstructed. <laughs> and so I think if you're with somebody who's a penny pincher, but, and it's coming at the expense of the quality of your experiences, it's something to address. And, and if it's something that they just don't feel comfortable with, and you feel like you're always going to be resentful because you never really get to go on the kind of trips you, you want to go to, or the experiences you want to go to, or the restaurants you want to go to, because you're always catering to them, mm. there's no doubt that you're going to resent them in the long run. So, I mean, I think anybody can make more money. And I think that's the interesting thing about life. If people are hustlers, you can always make more money, but yeah. It's a lot of it is psychology. And, you know, I know it's such a huge topic and we could go on and on on this one. And I'm sure anybody who's listening to this is probably going to have a lot of thoughts on it. So yeah. feel free to reach out if you have questions on this one. But I, I always love these conversations, Ronnie. And, you know, for everybody who's been listening to this, thank you so much for listening to the Modern Relationships Podcast. I'm Alan Wagner. I'm Ronnie. See you later.